Give Jesus a hand. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Brother Bob, would you come? Hallelujah. We're glad you're here tonight. We've got something a little special we want to start off with tonight. Also, the things that we announced, make sure you're a part of that. If you're part of a couple, uh, it looks sounds like there'd be babysitting for those who have children because you could just drop the little angels off over here, and they'll be transformed into even more angelic by the time it's through. So anyway, got babysitting, got couples night, got all these other different things Saturday. So be a part of that and get to know more one another. And I tell you, get to know people. Brother Bob and Sister Kay have been working with the SWAT, with the singles for a number of years, even before they were married. And then they had on their heart to do this Valentine thing for the veterans. And I just want you to see this, and I'll let him tell about it. And I want you to see how special this was Sunday. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Pastor. Sunday was an awesome day. I, w I would have to say that this was the most successful venture that SWAT has, has done. Because just to see the faces of those that are unable to even get out of bed, just to see their faces light up when you walk in the room. Some of them couldn't even speak. But you can see, even as we started out, the faces of everybody that received a valentine was just so, so special. And uh, rather go ahead and advance it. Uh, the, the valentines that we received, the box that was out in the foyer, I don't know if you saw it, it was full. I would venture to say, and I think that most of them around would agree with me, that a lot of the veterans received between five and ten valentines. And what an awesome experience. Even the, even the staff, when we gave the staff a valentine, their eyes lit up. And some of them said, we never get recognized. We're, thank you. So, I mean, what an awesome experience. And I think everyone that attended it, will say the same thing, that it was very successful, and not only successful for the people there, but successful for those who attended, those who actually took the Valentine, those who saw the faces, and saw even in one, one man a tear came to his eye when he was presented his Valentine. And they were all so Ray, they were ready to have their picture taken. Because we would ask, ask every one of them, do you mind if we take your picture? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they were all so, they were like they were, they were reaching out, needing that attention. And the attention was given. And I want those who attended on Sunday to actually take the Valentines to stand up. I know Pastor recognized you Sunday night, but stand up. I'd like to recognize you again because what an awesome experience that you pre presented to those at, at, at the VA. <laughs> this gentleman you're looking at right here, this gentleman, that, uh, back up just a little bit. Back up one more. That, this is a grandfather and great-grandfather of a couple... And their children that come to this church, they came up to us and says, we heard you were going to do this. Can we go with you? Our grandfather and great-grandfather on the second floor. So there they are. And I'll tell you what, 
just to see even those that I'm getting chills right now, even those that are members of the church, the CD, the, the feeling that they got that we took the time to do this. And it's not that we took the time to do this. It's the fact that the entire body of this congregation and this church took the time because that box was loaded. That box was loaded with Valentines. And go ahead, brother. A lot of these older gentlemen, and some of them are not so old because I talked to some of them that were younger than I am, that are bedridden for various things, some of them from Vietnam War. And uh, just, you can go past that one. <laughs> I did, I, I enjoy talking. This, this gentleman right here was a Vietnam veteran. And I, I could relate because that's the, that's the period that I was in. I was in from 1963 to 1973. And so I related with a lot of those old veterans. I call them old veterans then because I'm old. But I related with them because I was able to say, you know, I, I did that. And one gentleman was in a combat engineer unit, and that's what I was in. So I could talk to him about being in combat engineers and, and running that bulldozer and be ready to run that bulldozer when bullets are flying past you because you had to get the mission done. But it was such an awesome experience. And I would invite all of you, if you ever get the opportunity, and they they're, oh, will welcome you with open arms out there to go out to the nursing home unit and just go through and just say hi and thank you for serving our country. Thank you for making my life free. Thank you for giving me everything that you have been able to give me through your sacrifice and knowing that you're here now and I'm able to still be out and walking around, but you're not. At least take the time to go out and see them because it will definitely give you an, uh, a feeling that you will never forget. And I look forward to us going again. And then after we got through, we went to Outlaws, and we had an awesome meal. I had, the mo uh, I had barbecue ribs, and I think there were several others had barbecue ribs. You could tell the ones that had barbecue ribs because they were finger-licking good, almost like Kentucky Fried Chicken. But thank you, every one of you who took the time to make Valentine's. All the, the children's uh, services, Brother Shane, thank you. Thank the, the girls and, uh, for Christ and the youth, because, and not everybody. All the groups, all the people who took the time to make Valentine's, it will not be forgotten by those who received them. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. Oh, thank you, sir. Come on, give them a big hand. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I tell you, that is great. That is awesome. And uh, I want to encourage you to thank everybody who did that, everybody who made cards and went. You go to a place like that. Am I on? Yeah, when you go to a place like that and you visit them and encourage them, you just never forget about it. And um, just want to encourage you to be a part of that. When you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. Amen. Didn't Jesus say that? And uh, they're heroes. Every one of them are heroes. I had a run uh, a, just about two weeks ago. Uh, elderly man, a friend of mine's dad fell and wanted me to go check on him because it took him an hour to get here. And uh, just to go in the emergency room there in the back part where some of them, they're fighting for their lives. 
and uh, we're on machines and the family they're wondering when's news going to come about their family got to speak to a few of them it's uh some some of them they're fighting for their lives and it's just i know that was an encouragement how many know a merry heart doeth good like a medicine and i know that that encouraged them and encouraged the staff too it's important the staff's encouraged so uh, I, I thank y'all for doing that what a blessing amen well uh we want to get back into uh, Romans real quick, but I want to just bring us to a point here uh, because we're going to see how valuable the price was that bought you as we get into this new area of redemption. But I want to go to Romans, just speak quickly here. The Bible says in Romans 3.10, there is none righteous, no, not one. You don't have to look at these up. Uh, there's n- none righteous, no, not one. Nobody's perfect. It goes on to say in Romans 3.12, there is none that doeth good, not perfectly, no, not one. And 1 John 5, 19 says, The whole world lieth lieth in wickedness. The law shows man that he is sinful. And the purpose of the law is not to justify, but to point out sin and to tell man that he is a sinner. The law was given to make man aware of his sin so that man would know his sinful state and his needs for a Savior, his needs for forgiveness, his need for salvation. The Bible says in Hebrews 7, 19, for what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh. And we taught on this last two weeks and we're going to get to something here. What it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. It goes on to say in Galatians 2, 16, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ, not by works of the law, for the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. And I do want you to look with me in Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. As we get to a crossing point here where Paul changes his, his message. As he, we've been over three chapters about the sinfulness and, and, and the putridness of sin. And now we get to... A, a certain point here that is a place for us saints to rejoice. Philippians chapter 3 verse 3. I want you to hear how Paul says this. This is the living Bible. Philippians 3 verse 3. For we who worship God by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. And we've talked a lot about the works. We rely. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. Let that sink in as we get more and more into this tonight. We rely on what Jesus has done for us. Remember that. We put no confidence in human effort. Though I could have confidence in my own effort if anyone could. Indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I even more. Paul's debating here again. He Then he tells about he was circumcised and he was this and he was that and the other. But it goes on to say in verse 6. I was so zealous that I, harshly perse- that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without faith. I once thought that these things were valuable. But now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. He's fell in love with a Savior. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For His sake... I have discarded everything else, counting it as garbage so that I can gain Christ and become one with Him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, 
I become, wow, I become righteous through faith in Christ. We're going to see something there tonight. I become. I don't gain righteousness. I've been transformed into the righteousness of God. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. And faith is so much into Romans. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or the other, I will experience the resurrection of the dead. I love the message there in, in, in verse 9. It says, I didn't want some petty, in, listen, I didn't want some petty, inferior brand of righteousness that comes from keeping a list of rules when I could get on the robust kind that comes from trusting Christ and God's righteousness. I gave up all the inferior stuff so I could know Christ personally. Experience the resurrection power and be a partner in his suffering and go with him. And to get in on the resurrection of the dead, I wanted to do it. Man, this is so powerful as we get into this tonight. This will get rid of any type of inferior feeling you have ever felt for any mistake or sin or wrong you've ever done in your life. Tonight as we get into this, this is the type of message that causes the angels to scratch their head or their wings. And it causes the demons to shrill because they cannot understand that even as Christ became the word of God in flesh, he also became the righteousness God in flesh. So that when we receive Christ, we received the righteousness upon us and in us. We'll see that in tonight in the book of Romans. Anything that has to do with works and trying to get things done our own. Paul says anything that has to do with me doing it, it's petty, it's ridiculous, and it's insufficient. What's valuable is the righteousness that I've received from Christ. Now look at with me tonight as we start here in Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. All this gets good here. We've been verse after verse, word after word about all the, all the sin nature and all the wrong. And, and we know all the wrong, but boy, when you get a revelation of all God's good. All God's goodness. And in Romans... Chapter 3, verse 21. It starts off, but now. I want to stop right there. But now. This word is so powerful in the Greek. Right there, it changes because he's been all this time talking about the law. Obedience to the law. Not being able to do nothing from the, He goes back into the very beginning of time at the fall of Adam and Eve. He, he starts going back into all of this to come to the point to where he says, but now. And in the Greek, he starts saying, I'm sharing something with you that is not a mirage and that is not going to pass away. It's not a mirage. It's not a shadow. It's, the law was a shadow, but now I'm revealing all of the era. And this is what it says in the Greek. I've come to reveal through you, but now the era of the kingdom of God has arrived. 
that all that the law was supposed to do and all it did was to be a chaperone to bring you into the hand and place you into the hand of Jesus Christ that all the sin that ever happened from Adam and Eve's fall for over 4,000 years there was a law to directly show you all the sinfulness and all the wrong that men could do and no one, no not one was righteous not one was obedient to the fulfillment of the law and all the law was was a chaperone to take you by the hand and lead you through 4,000 years of history to the day that righteousness of God was came cornet in the flesh of Jesus Christ and place your hand into the hand of the loving Savior Jesus Christ for you to be able to see and experience and receive and, and, and see through the glory of Jesus Christ the righteousness of God that could never be attained is now not that it's, been a, it's attainable it's by faith by receiving Christ you become the righteousness of God and everything else in your past everything that has to do with religion and sacrifice and works and the law it's all petty compared to knowing the fulfillment of God's righteousness in Christ and as it was a work done in Christ now it's a work done in you but now and as you study this in the Greek not only was the law considered a chaperone and I know I'm moving here but I've got to move at this point not only was the law a chaperone maybe you've seen a movie where it showed Two subway trains coming towards each other. And they were coming fast. You've probably seen movies where they were coming. And they were on the same track. And then all of a sudden, when they're getting closer and closer, and you see it in the, in the movie, you see the speedometer going 70 miles an hour, 80 miles an hour, 90 miles an hour, and they start talking about the track's going to blow up. And if the trains would hit, it would be just a total tragedy. And, and, and nobody could survive because it could get up to 120 miles, and that's as fast as the tracks can take. And the train cannot turn the curve. The, uh, the, the, they're going to hit, and there's nothing they can do unless somebody can get to a stick. And at the right time, pull that stick and cause that track to sway right before that train comes so that there's not a collision. And that's what Paul is more or less saying in the Greek. We were all heading for a collision with hell. But right in the nick of time when we were going and nothing could save us and nothing could stop us, Jesus was the stick that brought the way, that brought the crossroads. And right at the right time, but now, but now, but now, there was a track change. We got off the track going to hell Got on the track going to heaven It's not by nothing we done It's all because of what he did And thank God that God made a way for us to get saved We were heading right to the place of death and agony and destruction And you don't have to do nothing but say by faith in Jesus I'm saved But now But now But now listen to this in the Greek not only are we saved from a tragedy, but this word here means that in the Greek is what was prophesied in the book of Isaiah. But now I will melt the mountains in front of you. And any distractions and any obstacles that would keep you from being perfect and experiencing personally and firsthand the same glory, the same light that was in Christ Jesus. Any mountain that would be standing in your way, I, but now, I'm going to melt everything to where you have a straight look into the throne room of God and cause you to see right into the throne room of God where Jesus is speaking your name, the Lamb's book of life, future of eternity. I'm giving you a straight 
great look that nothing can abstract the look of seeing right through the veil that was ripped at the death of Jesus for you to go right on through and say, there's my Jesus. There's my answer. But what do you have to do? I just have to look in faith. And I see it. It's all there for me. And this is what it means, but now. My wife and I got married June 1982, 27 and a half years ago. We got married 27 and a half years ago. But it's been valid every breath from the moment we said we do. We just didn't get married. We are married. And we will continue to be married. The moment you accept Christ Jesus, he died 2,000 years ago, but it's just as valid every breath and every part of your life as it was 2,000 years ago. When God raised Jesus from the dead and validated that it was enough, His blood, His sacrifice was enough. It was validated for you at that moment. But now, all your sins are forgotten, wiped away, cleansed. And not only are your sins through righteousness cleansed, righteousness is not only cleaning you, righteousness is giving you the strength never to have to live a life under the power of anything that was before you, above you, and around you anymore. It's valid. It's the, but now means it's the dawning of a new era. It's different now. It's the kingdom of God. It speaks about getting in the right relationship with the Lord. And listen to this. The word but now means you are no longer entangled or estrangled. By any of the old ways. You are now free to breathe the life for which Christ had made you free. The word spirit means breath of God. And the works of old and the works of the flesh. And the power of sin and the power of the curse. And everything that Satan did to cause Adam and Eve to lose it in the garden. That puts a, a, a grip on the throat of man to try to get the very breath. And Adam and Eve lost the glory or the spirit of God at the the fall and sin has continued for over 4,000 years to try to strangle the life of God out of mankind but Jesus came and broke the hands of the enemy off of the throats of those who received Jesus as King and Lord so that he breathed his breath within us and the breath of God that came in Adam and made him a living being that he lost through the entanglement and estranglement of the enemy the curse and sin Jesus came and knocked the hand off of the throat of man and once again when you get born again God puts his lips upon your lips and he breathes the very life of God the very glory of God the very righteousness of God the very power that raised Christ from the dead and the sins and the trespasses that kept you from knowing God personally and kept you from knowing resurrection power personally and everything that kept us under the power of the curse personally Jesus came in the fulfillment of the righteousness of the law and he broke that power so that we could receive our breath and come alive as a new man and walk as a new man and woman in this life that Jesus gave us. This is a new era. But now, devil, but now I am the righteousness of Christ. I am the beloved of the Lord. I am the freed of God. I am the child of God. I am the, the virtuous, victorious, justified son and daughter of the most high God. 
The track has been turned. The mountains laid waste. The obstacles destroyed so that I could go into the presence of God. The law was to show us our weaknesses and our sins. But now, all of that's been brought low because of Calvary. That I can know the righteousness of God. The word righteous there means God's character. His justice. His perfection. Which he himself possesses and shows. It's personal with God. It revealed my lowliness. It revealed my sin. It revealed where I was depraved, unrighteous, unjust, imperfect. But then his perfection provides a way for Jesus who provided a way for me that I could be the righteousness of Christ Jesus. God clothed Jesus with righteousness. And when I accept Jesus, Jesus takes his robe of righteousness, the same one God put upon him. Oh, not a different degree, but the same robe of righteousness that God put upon Jesus, Jesus takes off and he puts it upon you. The same, only Jesus was able to handle the righteousness of God. He was the only one who ever, because he was sinless. He was the only one able to wear the full righteous glory of God. But because Jesus made a perfect way, now he puts that same robe upon us. As he is, even so are we in this world. Oh my God, that is awesome, saints. The same righteousness. If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, the same righteousness. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Hold your place there. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Oh, it makes the devil's wonder and amazement. It makes the devil, the angels wonder and amazement, and devil's mad because we didn't do anything to deserve it. 2 Corinthians 5.21, this is the living Bible. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. I love the message, so that we could be put right with God. Back to Romans chapter 3, righteousness is now Revealed, verses 21 and 22. The righteousness of God is now revealed. You're not going to be righteous, every one of you that are born again. You are made righteous. It says, Righteousness is for everyone. Take that, devil. There's some of you, you may have a long history, and if you would give your testimony, it'd be like, look like Santa Claus's uh, uh, list of kids to bring toys to from here to the back if it would wrote out with all the mistakes and wrongs you ever did but no righteousness is given to everyone according to Romans 3 22 and 23 according to verse 24 righteousness is only possible through justification righteousness is an act of God alone by sacrifice and paying the price through his blood righteousness has one purpose to proclaim God's personal righteousness in you and I 
Back to Romans chapter 3, verse 21, it says, But now the righteousness of, of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. It was valid at the cross, and it's valid right now. That word now, you ready for this? How many of you know the earthquake that just shook all of Haiti? It shook the whole nation. That's what that word now in the Greek means. It means, uh, let me look at it so I can try to say it right. Cataclysmic. That word now means whatever had a claim on you has been shaken to the very core. Whatever rights the devil had on you, it's been shaken to the very core. And what's interesting is that word now describes what happened when Jesus cried on the cross. It was finished and the earth quaked and it broke. Do you remember when the rocks broke? Do you remember when the, the ground shook and the mountains quaked? Do you remember when the graves in Jerusalem broke open and 10,000 who were dead came to life again? It was that word now. It's so mind-bottling. It's so powerful and catastrophic and chasmatophic and everything else. It is so mind-bottling that what happened when it shook the very core of the mountains and broke the rocks with the very blood of Jesus soaked the ground around the cross... When the veil of the temple that could not be ripped from the top by ordinary man was ripped from the top to bottom so that God could once again, his breath came out of the place that was there because it could not be in touch with man. The glory of God, there was no blood of, of animals that could sufficiently make men capable of receiving the breath of God that was beyond the veil as it was in the purity of Adam and Eve in the beginning of time. But, but when Jesus... When Jesus, his blood was more than enough for anything past and anything for, oh, anything past and anything future. The veil of the temple was ripped. The mountains quaked. It was felt from around all over Israel because something tremendous had happened that just redefined that now is the era of God moving out in a place separated from man to once again not only to be among his people but to move and have his very being in his people as it was with Adam. Woo! And all this time Paul's been saying the sins and the wrongs and the filth and all that. But Paul was building to the point to make us see how horrible and how wrong it was. But till now there's been a shaking and there's been a breaking. And there's been such a tremendous change. And all that Christ did is now yours. And all of that in the past was even symbolized the, the resurrection of 10,000 dead, even before the resurrection of the one righteous Lord. To prove, I'm going to do something in mass power here. I'm going to shake from the north to the south to the east from the west. And what is happening now is going to have a life-changing effect forever. And that's why 
When you read that word, you can read it in chapter 8, verse 1. But now, old things are passed away. <laughs> but now, now, oh, now, now. Just think about every, all the destruction in Haiti. What destroyed Haiti was, is an example of the power of God that destroyed the work of devil from your life. Sickness, thoughts, insecurities, death, destruction, rejection, pain, hurts. All the buildings and forts and strongholds and mountains that the enemy has built around you to suffocate you. But now, it trembles and it falls. And every day you've got to remind yourself... But now, he has made me free. And all things are passed away. And behold, all, behold, now all things have become new. Now, now. Don't you let the devil condemn you for another thing of the past for the rest of your life. It has been destroyed. Amen. Glory to God. Before... Hundreds and thousands of years ago, God had patience in that he had to put up with man, but only with those who obeyed his law. They weren't perfect, but he had to get into the sovereign patience to be patient and put up with man. But now, somebody say, but now. The season of righteousness. God doesn't have the feeling of a father having to be patient. To put up with his child. Now his child because of faith in what Christ did. Has been brought into the maturity of his body. And in his blood. And in his spirit. And now he doesn't have to have patience to put up with you. You're not someone he's putting up with. You're someone he's rejoicing over. Because he sees the robe of Christ that was upon his son. Upon you. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Back before men sinned and sinned, and the law taught them it was impossible to put away their sin. There was the impossibility of securing righteousness for his own. But now, the period of God's righteousness has come because God sent it through his very own son, Jesus Christ. Man had the inability to secure righteousness through self-effort, but now through God's presence in and upon you. Righteousness reigns over you. So that the presence of God remains upon you. Not about how much you obey the law. But how much faith you have in what Christ did in your place. That's powerful church. Jesus came to reveal the perfect sinless life. The perfect life. The ideal life. The representation of God's life. And the pattern of life. And all of this is in that word righteousness. He came to reveal it all so that you could get an, an image and a revelation of what life God's way is supposed to be for you and I. He wants us to get this. He wants us to get this. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus Christ, the perfect embodiment of God's righteousness. The word made flesh, the word made righteous. Jesus, the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ 
came to sacrifice to become our righteousness. Romans 10.4 For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. I'm a believer. I cannot believe people are exchanging the belief of Christ for the belief in Muhammad and Buddha and one of these others. All is the belief in Jesus Christ that makes you righteous and have the very presence of God. Philippians 3.9 says that I may be found in him. Not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through faith of Christ. The righteousness is of God by faith. And I want you to see there in Romans chapter 3, verse 22, it says, Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ, and you ought to underline that word, to all and on all. To all and, and all, on all. That's the King James and New King James. The other translations don't say that, and it's a shame. It's so rich. To all. Say to all. To everybody. And it says on all. That means possession and covering. When he said that the righteousness of faith through Jesus Christ to all, that means you possess and you are possessed in righteousness. Second Peter 1.4 says, Whereby are given unto us exceedingly great promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. There's righteousness. Divine nature is righteousness. Having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. John 14, 16, and 17. And I pray the Father that he shall give you. Say, he gave me. He gave me. Yeah, he gave me. Another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Oh, hallelujah, forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Possession, covering. Possession, covering. Devil, who are you to stand before me as a child, the righteous of Christ Jesus? I am possessed by his goodness. I am covered by his goodness. And that's how you go before people who manifest demons. And the demons start hollering out and start squirreling and start hollering and start crying. And I know many people here say, I don't believe in that. Well, we've seen it with our own eyes. And if you're a Christian, you had to see a demon too before because they're out there. They were on the street Mardi Gras night. But when the devils, I told you, the devil wants to bully you. And the devil wants to come at you and the devil wants to tell you, I've been told before, demons have spoken and said, I'm going to kill you. You can't kill me. Why? I'm covered. His righteousness is my possession. My life is his possession. And I'm covered in the righteousness of God. And unless you can destroy everything Jesus did, then don't even come back to me. Because I am the righteousness God in Christ Jesus. And Satan hath no power over you. Why? But now. But now. <laughs> and it says that it was on all. Say on all. It's also the word upon 
all. Ephesians 4.24 says, And that ye put on, say put on, put on upon you, put on you the new man, the new man, which after God, after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Has nothing to do about the law. Not only do I see what's wrong, but I've received the ability and the power to live a life free from that which entangled me once before. I've put on the new man in Christ Jesus. This new man is above the curse. This new man is above principalities and powers and wicked spirits in high places. This new man is, against, is above anything demonic that any weapon formed that the devil would want to send your way. This new man is above disease and sickness. This new man is above anything that the devil would want to try to do. He cannot do because I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am created. I am a created being in the image of God my Father. My, I have been born again and I have been cleansed and purged with the blood of Jesus Christ. And his blood has been put upon me as a priest unto the Lord my God. I am sanctified, given, purchased, and I belong to God Almighty. The value of his blood blood the value of his name and the power of his word is upon me and in me and the devil like it Jesus can't find nothing against me because I'm covered in the righteousness of God my car is covered by the righteousness of God my physical well-being is covered by the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus my soul and my spirit is covered. That's why it speaks of the armor of God. The armor of God covers me. The armor of God, the armor of God, the new man is covered, is covered. Because I've got God in me and I've got a God upon me. Amen. Colossians 3, 3 says, For you are dead and your life is hid, hid. Why? Because his righteousness is on me. So it's hid, it's hid. Devil can't talk. Devil can't touch righteous. My life is hid with Christ in God. Verse 10 says, and have put on. Somebody say, put on. Once again, it uses the new man. Somebody say, the new man. Not the old man. The old man is dead, and everything that pertained to the old man, and every, the memories with the old man, and the filth with the old man, and all the things with the old man, it's all behind. But I put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him who created me. He created Adam for his what? His glory. He has recreated you and I for his what? You are created for God's what? You are created for God's what? Christians talk more about how beautiful this earth is for the glory of God more than they talk about their own lives that is recreated, the only thing redeemable. And we talk more about the mountains describe the glory of God where you are supposed to be the prized possession, the only thing that is able to be redeemed. You are the new man. This is not a new earth. That will be later on when all the heathen and the demons are out of here. A new earth for the new men to live like Christ in heaven. But right now, the only thing on this earth that is of value is you and I. Because we have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. This earth was not redeemed. You and I have been redeemed to manifest the glory of God. Ha! The righteousness of God. 
The word sin in the Greek means it was a once and for all happening at the historical entrance of sin into the world. It was the inherited nature of sinful mother and father. All have sinned and are sinners. All cannot keep from sinning and falling in with sin for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But, Galatians 3.22 says, But the scripture hath concluded all under sin that the promise of faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. Woo! It says there in Romans 25, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. They have come short of God's glory. All men are coming short and are continually coming short of God's glory. The state or the condition of falling short of God's glory. But now, listen. The glory of God. Listen to this. Write this down. You're a new man. Get a hold of what Paul's saying. He talked so long about what, you know what? What I'm telling you right now, you probably can identify more what it means to be adulterer than a glorious child of God. Because we've lived our life thinking of all the things that Paul already went over to bring us to the point. But now, what you keep identifying yourself about, I was a good drunk. I was a good runner-rounder. I knew how to lie. I knew how to do this. We identify so much in our conscience and memory on how we were as the old man, that we still not walking in the revelation of the glory of God. Do you know what the word the glory of God means? The new standard set up by God through Jesus Christ himself for all men who believe to walk in. God's standard. God's standard to walk above all the old things, to walk according to the new standard. The word glory means the standard set by God. I want you to be positioned with me. I want the new man and the new woman that I've created after my image because of what I did through my son. I want your new standard. I want your level of life to be the level of life with me. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. For thine is the power of the glory. Amen, church. The glory, the standard, the moral glory, excellence. This is all the Greek for that word glory. Excellence, splendor, brilliance, brightness, magnificence, preeminence, dignity, majestic, grace. It means the absolute perfection of God. We got some growing to do, don't we? The absolute perfection of God, the perfection of His person. That's the glory of God. And guess what this is saying? Because of the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This is what God is saying. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter what you did. If you have faith in me and you want to live and abide in my presence, 
you have to arise and continue to grow in greater levels of glory. He ain't talking about being a Christian in church here, saints. He's talking about arising and growing in greater levels from glory to glory. We want the presence of God. We have to grow in the revelation of the righteous that brings us up into the glory. The glory of the Lord lives in me. The glory of the Lord I've received. I will manifest His glory by faith. The risen power of Jesus, amazing grace. That's the song we used to sing in Spanish. Glory, glory, the glory has risen on me. Isn't that good? It may not be that cool of a song, but I tell you what, it's got some truth. You wake up in the morning, you think the glory of God, the glory of God is on me. The glory of God is in me. The glory of God covers me. <laughs> the glory of God is in me. He has set the standards for how I can walk and live today. He has set the standards that I may be able to live and move and have my being in Him today. He has set the standards that I am covered by the blood of Christ Jesus. He that abides in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the all, the shadow, the shadow, the glory, the glory, the glory, the glory, the glory, the Shekinah, the Shekinah, glory of God. That's what righteousness has done for you and I. To arise to this place of the presence, you have to accept the perfection of the splendor. Listen, the word glory there means to be at peace with God is to live in His presence and to experience the very highest degree of light. The word glory means the perfection of splendor, the brightness and the brilliance of God's presence. And then it gives examples of this the Mount of Transfiguration where Jesus, he became like a light. And then the light shone around Paul. That's another example of his glory. It's God, gl glory is God's purity in the highest degree of virtue and goodness. That's why you get quenched at different things. Your spirit does because the purity, the spirit of purity and goodness, the quality of morality, the highest excellence of character and perfection is in your being. 1 John 1, 5, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Amen. It means the perfect majesty, the highest degree of preeminence and magnificence and dignity, the merit of worshiping and praise. The Lord reigneth, he is clothed in majesty. Glory is being a perfect being to the highest degree. Listen to this. Now this is talking about you in righteousness. And I'll end with this. And there's all kind of scriptures here that, that I could give you. But listen to this. According to John 17, 2 and 3. The glory is the highest degree of worth, quality, preciousness, and value. And when you are the righteousness of God. And if you are a born again believer, you are the righteousness of God. How many of you are saved? How many believe in Jesus? How many believe in the perfect work of Jesus? How many have received that perfect work of Jesus in their life? Then you have received in you and upon you the highest degree of worth. Nothing of your past and nothing from anyone else can tell you 
There's nothing unworthy about you or if you, if you are in Jesus Christ. There's nothing unworthy, unlovable, unvaluable. You are valuable. You are, every one of you are valuable. You are worthy. How can you go before the throne room with confidence unless you believe you're worthy? God help the people who still get on their knees and say, Lord, I'm so unworthy to ask you to do this. You don't have faith in righteousness. You don't have faith in righteousness. You don't have faith that what Jesus done was enough once and for all. You still want to go back to the fall instead of the resurrection. Faith in the righteousness of God says that you are worthy, you are valuable, you are of the highest quality, the highest degree of worth, the highest degree of preciousness, all because you are valued at what purchased you. And that was the pure, glorious blood of Jesus Christ. Stop putting yourself down because you're putting down your creator. You're putting down the glory. You're putting down the blood. You're putting down the name. Hey, our names are in the book. Our names are in the book. Our names are in the book. Not my sins. Not my trespasses. Not my past failures. Not my past mistakes. Not what's in the police department. Not what's on my resume. Not what my wife or mother-in-law says about me. No, my name is in the book. And Jesus says, she is righteous. Highest quality. Highest value. Highest worth. And anybody wants to speak about anything else, it's buried with the old man. Stop living in the tombs. Start living in the glory. Amen. Let's stand up. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm, mm, mm. Let's stand up because it's all because of Jesus. It's all because of Jesus. And all of His Word is inspired to encourage you tonight to run this race. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't say, what else can I do to make God love me? You love Jesus? God loves you. But I got to do something more. No, you don't need a chaperone to take you to Jesus when Jesus is in you. Jesus is in you. Wow. You ready to be transformed? Oh, let's just dig in this word and be transformed. Amen. Father, we worship you tonight and we thank you. It's all because of your love and your mercy and your grace that you sent your only begotten son. You gave your son and Jesus, you gave your life to be the supreme sacrifice. Not only to save us from hell, but to make us a part of the era of the kingdom of God now. That heaven is in and upon us. That we live in the presence of our mighty king. Thank you that there is heaven now. Even before we see the glorious presence of your throne. 
We live at your presence and in your presence. Lord, give each and every one of us a higher revelation and may it grow from glory to glory that we've been taken off the old wrong road and we've been put on the highway of righteousness, which is the glory of the Lord, where nothing evil can cross or come upon that road of glory. The standard has been set by you, mighty God. And I praise you for that work you're doing in our lives still. And the desire for greater glory, greater worth, greater quality, greater morality. Oh, Father, we praise you for the work of the Spirit. And we thank you for the righteousness that is just by having Christ and not of works. We're right with you. (laughs) Thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Take these scriptures, meditate upon this word, and listen, let it, let it rock, break the rocks around your life. You're going from ashes to beauty, from desert to a flowing spring in a well-watered garden. Amen. Listen, this Sunday morning, I want to encourage you to come. Singles, marrieds. Divorces, we're going to put you all in the same pot and cook you up right. We're going to have a good time this Sunday. We love you and we bless you in the mighty name of our Savior Christ. If you need prayer, we'll be here to pray with you. But other than that, you dismiss. Greet one another, love on one another. God bless you and we love you. Amen and amen.